My name is Bob McIntosh, owner of Three Degrees Consulting. And if you want to learn to define your life, have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate Podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I have an amazing interview with Bob McIntosh for you this week. Bob is a national speaker and entrepreneur, having spent over 3,000 hours on stages and helped more than 10,000 people across the U.S. He is a number one best-selling author and has been personally responsible for helping thousands of entrepreneurs generate millions in profits. He has been featured on over 30 podcasts, is a founding member of the Forbes Real Estate Council, providing direction and information in the real estate space for all of Forbes readers. He has been published on ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, Yahoo News, Small Business Trendsetters, The Money Show, The Miami Herald, and Wall Street Select. We really dug into personal development in this. We dug into your social media and how to tell what should go on your personal page, what should go on a business page, where you should be posting, how often you should be posting. There is so much value in this episode, and I can't wait for you to check it out. Before we get there, if you feel like you've stalled in your business life, if you feel like you're not sure you're still going in the right direction, you're confused because you've put in all the work that you're supposed to put in and something's just not adding up. You just don't feel that success that you thought you'd feel by now. We need to get really curious to find out why. Is there something out of place in your personal life or are you on the wrong track? Are you not chasing what you should be chasing in your business life? Are there tweaks that we need to make to be able to help you have a business that supports the life that you've always dreamed of? That's an amazing concept, but in order to have a business that supports the life that you've always dreamed of, you have to know what life you've always dreamed of. That's the purpose of the Define Your Life Mastermind. Let's get really clear on exactly what your perfect life looks like. Let's see what a well-rounded life looks like to you and how great it would feel to be able to live that life that you've always dreamed of. And then once we have the idea of what that looks like to you, we can start building a business that fits into that life so that you no, have to, no longer have to worry about balancing your personal life and your business life because they all drive together to create this wonderful life you've always dreamed of. If you are interested in hearing more about this, go to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com. There's information on the mastermind there, an opportunity to sign up or an opportunity to book a call with me. Let's jump on a call and find out if we're a good fit to work together. The mastermind is an amazing opportunity for you to start to really get that life that you've always wanted. And I am really looking forward to helping you get there. Or without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Bob. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I am super excited. We were talking a little bit before we came on about the wonderful unknowns of the world of social media, and I'm excited to dig into that a little bit and hear a little bit about your story. 
Yeah, social media is literally what I eat, breathe, and sleep, which may terrify some of you guys on this. And some of you are like, yes, I know. Like excited. I don't know which, where, where you fall, whoever you are, wherever you're listening. But uh, this, is, this is my world, literally has been for a long time. Actually, you know, it's, I was funny. Sorry, this is totally random and maybe not totally relevant, but I was just talking to someone the other day and I joined Facebook in 2004. I was the, I think the seventh or eighth per- person in my college <laughs> to get it. And I'm just like, man, has it been that long? And then I, I, you start thinking about that. And you're like, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I looked at something the other day where I joined in 2008. And I remember thinking, and I wish that I would have known more about social media back then about marketing, because between then and now, the opportunities that I've left on the table are unbelievable. Oh, it's crazy um, when you think about it. Oh yeah, I don't I don't even like to do that. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who spend all of their time on social media as well, but we're going to talk about productive social media use, not the social media use that you do in the morning when you're trying to convince yourself you don't need to get out of bed. So, <laughs> um before we dig into that, I want to get to know you a little bit more, a little bit about your story. So I love asking people what they thought their life was going to be, because I think it's so interesting to see the drastic differences. When you were like high school age and planning for your future, where did you think your life was going to go? Uh, so high school Bob thought that he was going to be a video game programmer and go that direction, um, mostly because high school Bob played a lot of video games. Um, the funny part about that is, is that I get to college and I interviewed at um, a technical institute and the head of computer science told me video game programming is not a real job. So give that idea up. And oh. for some reason, I, I listened to him. And then here's the crazy part. Like two years after I graduated, uh, they opened their video game design program. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but, um, you know, that, that was where I thought I was going. And then where I actually ended up going initially was um, completely different as well, which was the easiest way to put it is bank hacking. Um, so I would, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Literally, I would, I would test bank security and tell them where the holes are and how to patch it all up and what their IT needs to look like so that real uh, hackers or bad people wouldn't do bad things in the bank. <laughs> I mean, is, I've seen you know, Catch Me If You Can. I'm telling you, there's a market out there for that. 100% there is, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's where I ended up. And I started a real estate company and I've been doing real estate for a long time and I still, uh, still do real estate to a certain extent, but we started doing digital marketing for our real estate company and that has just spawned into doing it for others. But yeah, high school Bob versus Bob uh, at 36 is a very different story. <laughs> they normally are. And I can feel your pain. Actually, my first um, choice of major when I went into college was also computer programming. And I had a very, oh, okay. very similar experience because I was sitting there in the world of COBOL and C++ um, doing, um, spreadsheets and databases. And I was like, this cannot be my entire life. And they told me (laughs) that you couldn't make a living video game programming. It wasn't possible. And so that changed for me too. So I, I feel your pain. I think we should, um, band together for like post-traumatic stress reasons for not being able to do our choice. Well, did you see Cobalt's back in? No, don't tell me that. Yes. Yes. So there, there's, there are a hundred and 175 new job postings in the last three weeks for COBOL programmers because all of the old unemployment systems are built on COBOL and no one programs it anymore. So they can't find people. So the, the, the pay, like I saw one, the pay rate was like 125,000 a year to go program, you know, or it would equate out to that. And I'm like, 
man, those maybe I dust off that cobalt book and I have to go back. Right? And look at that maybe I should maybe I should dust that off and see what I can do. That's amazing. That just goes to show that every skill that you learn will come back and help you in the long run at some point in time in your life. You never know. You never know. So how did you find real estate? What was kind of the path to that? Yeah. So it's actually an interesting story. I was, so I graduated college. I got um, a $60,000 a year job as a, a college graduate, which was the second highest in my major. Um, and I was like, heck yeah, this is awesome. Like this is good. You know, I'm traveling all the time and I'm like, this is great. And I had about $10,000 left over from uh, my parents and grandparents who are uh, kind enough to fund my college and, and get me through. And I was like, what do I do with this? Like, do I go on some like whirlwind trip across the world? Do I, you know, and I was like, no, that, that just seems like a waste of money. Um, like I want to invest it. But I think then I got this analysis paralysis. I didn't know what to do with it. And so I kept reading all these books and I eventually found a book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. um, which a lot of people have read. Great book. And he talks all about real estate. And I was like, real estate. Yeah. Um, and so um, I, yeah, I went back to my, my tiny little hometown of Lockport, New York, which most of you probably never heard of or never will, um, and managed to find a duplex that was for sale. Um, I put my $10,000 as a down payment and bought my first piece of real estate. And I was making about 12% a year ROI on that on that $10,000. I was like, well, this is fantastic, right? This is great. I got cash flow coming in every month. Like, this is what that entrepreneur life is all about. And then I was like, but wait a second, if I want to buy another property, I don't have another $10,000. And <laughs> even though I had a good job and I was making decent money, I was also like, you know, not enough to go buy houses on, you know, repeat in that, that capacity. So I was like, huh, all right, well, let's flip houses. That's big chunks of money. So then started doing that. Um, and my dad got involved, which has been awesome. And yeah, so, so since 2008 till now, I, I don't know, flipped hundreds of houses. I don't know exactly how many. Um, and did very, very well with it. And then since then, um, with everything that's happened, we've actually scaled back our flipping and are just buying rentals and commercial properties, sort of the, the transition of things. And so real estate will always have a place in my heart. But what I got very good at in my business as a real estate investor was doing marketing. And I was living in Los Angeles and we were doing business in Buffalo. So I'm not physically there. So I said, how can I do marketing and be of benefit to my company living remotely in LA? Because I don't know if any of you guys are from the Northeast, but snow in me, we just, I don't, I don't get along. <laughs> I, I had 20 years of that. I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I just was like, all right, you know, digital marketing, I, that's, that's the future. It's gotta be right. And so I just got really good at that and um, it helped grow our business there. And then uh, as things change, as most entrepreneurs, if you got, I know, um, Amber, you were saying that a lot of you are probably just along your journey, you're going to probably change a few times along it more than likely, because it's just kind of what happens. And I started realizing, man, like, as much as I love real estate, I love digital marketing more. And so that's, that's where I, I, I went on the path of things that, that excite me. So but real estate will always hold a place in my heart. It's a fun thing. And let's be real. Like um, it, it's still one of the greatest wealth builders in the world ever and always will be. I can't foresee it, anything else overtaking that, to be honest. Yeah. I hear people talk about that a lot, especially successful entrepreneurs. And I know there's a debate between whether it's best to flip houses or whether it's best to invest in commercial real estate or whether it's best to do both. And, you know, we, we could debate that all day long, but what's not up for debate is the fact that people always need a place to live. They always need a place to do business and that real estate, when you have some expendable cash flow, is always a better place than some other investments to, to use that. 
Absolutely. I would tell everyone, no matter what your business is, you're going to be in real estate. And here's why. Um, not that you need to be flipping houses because it's a business, right? If you're not ready to get into that, don't. But buying cash producing assets, especially right now with everything, we have no idea where the economy is going, right? And even if we didn't know where the economy was going, there's always cycles. But cash producing assets, whatever cash you have, dump it into real estate if you don't need it and let it generate cash for you. It's simply put the best thing that you could possibly do. Uh, I actually like personally, and, and I'll be, I'm happy to share this, my entire retirement, and if you guys can't, I know you guys can't see me, you only hear me, I'm doing air quotes, um, <laughs> is not a 401k that's invested in mutual funds and stocks and all that stuff. I actually own zero stocks, not because I don't believe in them. I think that there's value there, um, but I put everything that I own into, into cash producing assets. So that's rental properties um, and, and commercial properties. And the reason being is, you know, I look at what I have right now. Um, by the time I'm of retirement age, my it, at current rental rates, my portfolio would probably generate me about 20 grand a month um, at today's rental rates. But in 30 years from now, when I actually retire, if I ever do retire per se, it'll be way more than that. But what's awesome about that is that even in the meantime, it's still producing cash for me. And that cash just helps me. Uh, I don't even necessarily need the cash if my business is doing well. But what it does do for me is allows me to pay down mortgages and other people like that so that that can get to that point even faster. Um, and I, I tell everyone, look, you know, you use, use the money that you make to buy cash producing assets, use that cash to buy the toys and fun things that you want for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I hear so many people say that. Um, and I had been one of those people that my grandma was a real estate agent. And so when I thought of real estate, that's all I knew. My dad built houses, my grandma sold them. That was their their um, business. And this whole idea of like investing and rental properties and things like that was a world I never had any um, exposure to until I started down this entrepreneurial journey. Because anytime you talk to an entrepreneur, anytime you go to any of these conferences um, that we all go to, real estate is all over those. And they're not full-time realtors either. They're people just like what you said that had a little bit of expendable income. And instead of investing that, they put it in a cash producing asset. So love it. So I'm interested to know your company is third degree consulting, correct? Yep. Three degrees consulting. Yep. Three degrees consulting. Is there a social media um, marketing theory or reason behind the three degrees name or was that um, come up from a different reason? Uh, totally different reason. I mean, we've, we've applied it to that. So part of, part of the application of that is that, Hey, there's, there's us, there's you, and then there's your clients and we're the, the three degrees of your business. Um, but the truth behind it is simply that my business partner, her name is Gigi. She talks to everyone and anyone. <laughs> and we were at Mardi Gras and at Mardi Gras, I really had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and there's only two rules of Mardi Gras if you haven't been. Rule number one is you don't pee in the street. Rule number two is you don't get in a fight. Everything else goes. <laughs> okay. And I was like, Gigi, I got to go to the bathroom. Like it's, you know, so we're like, okay, like if I have to pay, pay to go to use someone's RV or whatever, I don't know. And she's like, there's a college up here. Let's go talk to these guys. So there's this private party happening. She starts talking to him and five minutes of conversation, no joke. We're in to use the bathroom, invited back for the rest of Mardi Gras and invited back next year's Mardi Gras too. And I'm like, <laughs> Gigi, how do you do that? Like, I just don't get it. Um, and I was like, you know how they say everyone's six degrees from Kevin Bacon? That's BS. You're three degrees from everybody. So that's the real, <laughs> the real story. But we've applied it to whatever we can in the social world and digital marketing world. But that's, that's the real story. Behind. Oh my gosh, I love it. And, um, you know, we're, we're deep in the, market, in the networking world here. I think that any entrepreneur is um, word of mouth, um, including social media word of mouth, is 
um, so much more powerful than any ad you can put out there. And so that skill, if you can figure out how to hone that, that's pure gold. Right. I told her, I was like, if I could figure out how to package that up and just like sprinkle it around, like, man, it'd be nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as social media is concerned, I know this might be a hard question to answer because I, I have a feeling it's going to be client-based. But for most people, as far as the future of social media in the entrepreneurial space, what do you think are the most powerful platforms? So the most powerful platforms right now are going to fully depend on who your audience is. So if your audience is the, I'll say 15 year old, 25 year old, um, you want to be on TikTok right now. However, I'm going to straight up say that I, I don't think TikTok's going to last um, only because of all of the data privacy breaching and things that are taught. I, I think it's going to be, uh, I don't know, man. It, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that data safety versus, um, you know, people wanting to use it play out, but that's where you need to be at least for right now. Um, if you're on the 25 to 35 year old, um, Snapchat's still kind of a thing. Instagram's definitely a thing. If you're 35 to 45, Instagram, hundred percent of the way. If you're 45 and plus Facebook's still your jam. Um, so just understand who is your audience and you need to be there. Now, I, what I will also say is that you as an entrepreneur, you need to be on all of the platforms. Even if you're not actively like, hey, I'm in here every single day doing things all the time. Um, I tell everyone, because I, I get for a lot of folks, it's overwhelming to say, oh, I need to post five times a day to 10 different platforms. And people are like, what the heck? Like, that's insane, right? So, you know, if you can, great. If you have the ability to, great, go for it. But if you don't, and like, I got to pick, I got to pick my battles. Perfect. Find the platform that I just told you about that resonates with your audience, um, build that platform and focus there, but, but make sure you're on all of them, be on all of the different platforms, own your, your username. So for example, you'll find me at the Bob McIntosh on every platform. I'm the Bob McIntosh on every single platform. Um, and, and why? Just because that way, if you're on, doesn't matter if you're on TikTok, Snap, Insta, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, like it doesn't matter. You'll find me someplace. Why? Because that way you know where to find me. Even if I'm not there, like I don't go to Pinterest hardly ever. I don't barely ever post to it, but I'm there and I own it so that if I ever want to, I have that ability to. You know, that's, that's a powerful message because we never really know what the future is going to hold as far as our businesses are concerned, but we're building a personal brand. And this is something that I never really understood until I started my podcast. Um, I've had my law firm for two and a half years and I should have been building my personal brand two and a half years ago or even further back while I was in law school because you never know what your future holds. Um, instead, I started it when I started doing this podcast, but the idea that you decide you want to move into a platform and then you have to have this opposite screen name because you didn't buy that out um, or secure it in the first place. And then the person who did, um, you now have to try to negotiate with them to buy that back from them. And it's not a fun process. No, or I mean, and worse, worse even that, than that is, hey, they're using it for themselves. And now people looking for you find that person and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's why I'm the Bob McIntosh. So I was like, okay, I want everything to match. And Bob McIntosh was taken on several platforms. Bob McIntosh was taken as the domain and you wanted five grand for it. And I was like, you're smoking crack if you think I'm paying five grand for a URL. Um, but the Bob McIntosh, and it's not because I'm like some cocky guy. I was like, whatever. I was just like, what's available on all the platforms that's still not too far from my name. And I was like, boom, there it is. So that's why I got that. Love it. So where do you think that LinkedIn falls in this? Because I know it used to be like this 
professional connecting spot that nobody really paid attention to. And I'm hearing more and more about LinkedIn come up in the professional world. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, LinkedIn. I should have probably talked about that one. It is, it's a fantastic platform for B2B. Um, if you are doing any form of B2B, um, it's crazy to be on LinkedIn right now. Uh, we have clients that I'm literally generating um, 40 plus leads a month for their business. Um, if it's B2B, right? If you're trying to reach a consumer, then LinkedIn's not going to be your platform. Again, be there, own that space, own the name, but uh, it's probably not going to be your platform. But yeah, if you are operating B2B, utilizing the tools that they give you right now is uh, unparalleled for lead generation and connection. And unlike other platforms, you have your following on LinkedIn. You can export that out, put it in your database, get their email addresses, all that good stuff, which is unlike, I don't think any other platform does that. I don't think any other platform does that either. That's powerful. And going back to this three degrees conversation, even if you're, I I would think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because I'm certainly not the social media expert. um, But I would think that even if you are a B2C company, um, building connections with those B2B businesses would be beneficial from a networking standpoint because you may have similar client bases that you could tap into. Would you, would you agree or disagree? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's great for that. And even, even if you don't, right, like you are going to your customers, if you're a B2C person, your customers are going to need other services that are ancillary to what you offer and being out there and being seen might connect you with another B2B person that offers that service that you can affiliate with, that you can wholesale for or whatever it is. So, um, for example, you know, we, we talk about, um, hey, okay, hey, uh, I do a lot of social media stuff. Well, if you're not going to hire me to do your posting, you might need a third-party service that helps you with that. Well, great. Here's who I recommend. Boom, 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 boom. And a lot of those can be affiliate links. And I'm like, hey, listen, I make a little piece of what? It doesn't cost you anything more, but it helps me make an extra stream of revenue that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And being on LinkedIn can be the ability to connect with those people that you might not have known about. Yeah, absolutely. And affiliate links have become something that, you know, it used to be just, here's a little bit, uh, you know, thanks for promoting the product. They have become an income source at this point in time. Like you can build a whole business on affiliate links because people are realizing or businesses are realizing that it's so much cheaper to allow their customers to be their sales force than it is to go out and hire a sales force on their own. So I, I could imagine that that goes into any social media campaign that you're doing as well is maybe not just my business, but how can I promote the business of others as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I mean, when you, if you spend the time to get someone to know, like, and trust you, and that's really the foundation of social media, um, is people are going to become your customers if they trust you. If they don't trust you, they'll never buy from you, sell to you, work with you, whatever it is that you do, whether it's a business, a service, a physical product, doesn't matter. If they don't trust you, they're not going to work with you. But guess what? The moment that you have their trust is the moment that they'll buy anything that you sell within reason. Um, and so if you have an offer, an affiliate link for something that is, um, that they need and want, they're going to buy it from you. And here's the, here's the crazy part. Something that happened, uh, it must've been like 2012, maybe they changed the laws on, 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 um, disclosing affiliate links a whole lot more. So they changed it from like, you didn't have to do anything to now I have to like on a website explicitly tell you, Hey, there's affiliate links here. I might get paid. And I remember at the time, um, myself and many of my affiliate marketing friends were like, Oh man, this is going to ruin our business. Like it's going to whatever. And actually weirdly enough the exact opposite happened and it's because we had done such a good job of building trust with our audience that when i said hey by the way this is an affiliate link and i'm going to get paid if you buy it but it's a product that i use i believe in and i trust they're like oh yeah i want you to get paid like people are excited about me making money um from what they're doing 
especially because it doesn't cost them anything more in most cases to do that. And what's cool about that is that now all of a sudden it's like, it opens a conversation for me to do even more of it because everyone wants to help you because you've built that trust with them, which is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that there are a lot of people out there that are listening to this right now that are either thinking about doing a side hustle or they're, they're new into the entrepreneurial space. And they're trying to figure out all this social media stuff. And I know that one of the questions that comes up all the time is, you know, you've had this personal Facebook page for however long, you since 2004, me since 2008. Um, now you build this group because that's where everybody tells you to go. And then you realize that in order to eventually grow your business, you're going to have to have a business page and you start thinking about all this stuff. So one of the biggest questions that comes up is what do you post to your personal page? What do you post to your business page? What do you post to your group? What are some of the guidelines that you use to help your clients figure out what content goes where so you can build an entire personal brand? That's a great question. Um, and the answer is actually very simple. Uh, and a lot of it's going to depend on who is on your personal page. Is your personal page currently mostly friends, family, um, maybe some coworkers, just people that you've interacted with in your life on a normal basis? If so, um, be cautious of posting too much. Um, our, our family, friends, and, and the people who are in our circle already, uh, they are often our biggest critics um, as well as our biggest supporters. And what I mean by that is they're like, yeah, go get it. You're probably going to fail, but go get it. Right. Like that's how they're thinking. And it's unfortunate. Like, you know, like you make a, you make a post, got a new job. I'll get like 8,000 comments, right. Started a new business and get like two likes and you're like, what the heck? Um, so I, I don't think you need to use your personal page all that much to really grow that. But what happens to most people is that we start there because we get the most engagement. But the problem with that engagement is that engagement's only relevant if they actually care. If they're doing what I call the pity, like, they, like a, oh, <laughs> look, Amber posted a post. Oh, I'll give it a like, right? Like, no, I don't, I don't want your pity like. I want someone to go, whoa, holy crap, that's cool. I want to know that. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to be in on what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, because that's more important to me. So we get caught up in the metrics, in the, the ego of social media, which is, oh, look, I got like 15 likes and 25 comments, right? But if all 15 likes and 25 comments aren't from your customers or potential customers or people who know, like, and trust you at that level for your business, does that really matter? No, it doesn't. Um, and so focus in on, on those areas. Now, what, uh, what can you do on your personal page? Um, I, or sorry, on your uh, business page, invite your friends and family there because it's just good to have that number boost up a little bit. They're probably not going to engage super heavily with you, but it's still good to have. Um, and then obviously groups, groups are a whole different, um, strategy. Uh, so it used to be for a long time that you had to use your personal account in the groups. They recently, maybe like four months ago, six months ago, it depends on when you got the update, change it so that your business page can operate a group um, independent of your personal page. Uh, so is there pros and cons to that? No, because a group is a group, whether you run it from one or the other, doesn't really matter. What's more important is just creating a group of like-minded people. And um, here's the thing. I never invite friends and family to my, my groups that I'm using, especially on Facebook, because my friends and family, while again, they, you know, they love me and they're my friends and my family, um, most of them aren't going to have anything to add to the conversations that I'm creating in that group in most cases. Now, if you're doing network marketing, for example, or you're doing a, a business in which your friends and family can add value to the conversations, then certainly add them in. Like I do, I do social media for businesses. Most of my friends and family don't run a business. They're employees. So how, there's very little that they would add to the conversation in my group. So I don't add them. But if it does make sense, go for it. 
Um, it's all about relevancy of your audience to your message. I love that. And then I know that's going to clear up for so many people because this, you know, we hear so much about a personal brand and then you try to figure out like where you're going to put stuff. Um, similar to that question, if somebody's running two different businesses in two different areas, you know, we have so many people, let's go with the real estate and the marketing, like we were talking before. Um, most likely you have two different business pages on Facebook. How do you maintain a personal brand that allows people to know who you are with the two different businesses or, or does that not matter? That's a great question. And actually the personal brand is the only thing that matters. Your business brands actually don't. Um, and so here's, here's what I recommend to people as you, cause a lot of us as entrepreneurs, um, we get that, that drive for multiple streams of income, right? We talk to, you hear all the time, millionaires have seven streams of income. Billionaires have 18 or 17 or whatever it is. Um, and so we're always thinking to ourselves, how can I create more streams? And that's totally fine. And I, I would highly encourage it as long as whatever stream you're working on first, first and foremost is working and operating, right? Don't sacrifice one for a second. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but um, when it comes to building all these different pages out, uh, what I highly recommend is you build the brand around yourself because when you build it around yourself first and your company's second, what ends up happening is you can do anything you want to and your audience won't care, A, B, they'll actually appreciate you more often than not because they go, oh, wow, look at all the things that Amber is up to. She's doing this and that and that. Oh my God, she's so inspiring. I wish I could, you know, like it creates that, that um, mindset for people. And then see a lot of times you're going to find that your businesses, um, no matter what they are, will have crossover of customers. And if someone already knows, likes, and trusts you on one side, why not bring them to the other side? It just makes sense. Uh, and then lastly, people will self-select. And what I mean by that is if I don't care about your marketing company, I only care about you from a real estate standpoint, which is like my, my case, for example, they'll just check out on the marketing posts, but they'll be all in on the real estate posts. And they understand that, hey, I'm doing multiple things and that's part of being a follower of me, but they know that I can trust me, so it's okay. Um, and, and the cool thing is by doing all of that together, what you build for yourself is a raving fan base that will likely buy anything that you have sell or you know sell to you anything that they have that's relevant and just work with you because they see that you're up to big things and most of us are naturally attracted to folks who are doing big things like we always want to be around that that's why celebrities are celebrities right we're not trying to you know it's like you look at kanye west i mean probably Kanye West is generally considered as not a very good person in most cases, but we all want to know, like, we're like, if someone was like, yo, you want to hang with Kanye? We'd all be like, heck yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I do. Yeah. We, we just, we're attracted to, we're attracted to success and people doing things. And so letting folks see that you are doing those things just attracts people by default. So that's a super powerful answer. I feel like people should just like write you a check right now and send it to you because like <laughs> this has been such a powerful, valuable conversation. And I really appreciate you giving so much value to the people that are listening. Um, I think it's really, really interesting that we're having this conversation today because I had a podcast episode released today about prejudging people and the opportunities that you miss out on when you do that. And I know I am still guilty of this on social media because for some reason I go to type this post and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's going to be some hater out there and they're going to see this and they're going to comment on it and it's just going to ruin my day. So when you're building this marketing strategy and you're sending it out into the into the world, what do you say to your clients or how do you um, help your clients get past that um, pre-judging point to figure out what's going to work. 
Right. So here's what I'll say. Uh, if you are not getting 10% of the people in your audience pissed off and angry with you, then you're not pushing it far enough. Right. Um, because guess what? That 10% that checked out because they didn't like what you said, uh, they, you know, and, and by the way, I don't necessarily mean like you need to like call them out and say, you know, Hey, Amber, you're a terrible human for not liking my life. You know what I mean? Like, not like that, but just your, your messaging, if it's not pissing off a certain percentage of people, then you're not, you're probably not being loud enough to get attracted and seen in the first place. And that's a bigger problem. Okay. But the other big part of this is look, 10, if that 10, 15, let's say it's even 20% goes, man, Amber, I hate your stuff. I'm out. They were never going to buy from you in the first place. They were never going to be really part of your audience because they were only, they were only toes deep with you in the first place. Uh, but what's going to happen is on the reverse side, there's going to be 10, 15, 20% that are going to go, Oh my God, I'm in all the way with you. Right. And that's what you want. I'd rather have a thousand raving fans than a million lukewarm clients because a thousand raving fans will spend 10 times more with me um, and support me 10 X than those lukewarm people will all day long. And so the easiest way to make sure that you do that, that that accomplishes or that you accomplish that is simply to understand that the only way to do that is to be 100% unapologetically authentically yourself. And you're going to lose some, but you're going to gain a lot. So that resonates with me so much because this podcast is all about being authentic. And I don't think there's any other way to be because people can see through your bullshit all the time. And the fact that you're hiding behind a computer screen actually makes it easier to see through your bullshit than if you're actually in front of them. Um, So that's a super, super powerful message as well. Um, One of the things that I wanted to comment on, because this is one of my favorite things that I see on anybody's post, is when you post something and somebody is trolling you or somebody feels like so they're so triggered by what you put that they make this horrible comment about how like, you shouldn't be doing this. And then like 17 people comment on that, either agreeing or defending you. And what's going through my head is you have no idea how much traction you just gave this person by commenting on their video and saying how horrible they are. Uh, yeah. So do I, it's, oh my God, it's so good. So this is a great story. I had, I put a video out. Um, it was a real estate related video. I think I said, uh, it was a couple of years ago. I was like, if you're not, if you don't have money for your, your real estate deals right now, then you're not trying and you suck. Like that's literally what it was. Uh, and I basically straight up said, cause I was like, look, money is so abundant right now to find. Um, at the time it was ridiculous. I was like, I could sneeze and come up with a half million dollars to buy a house. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And I'm, you know, and I kept hearing all these people complain. Anyways, this guy comes on and he says all these mean, nasty things like, Oh, you're a SOB. You're a total fraud, blah, blah, all this stuff. Right. And I was just like, Oh, here we go. Right. And, <laughs> and here's the awesome part. And this goes right back to what I just said. You build that raving fan base, they will dive in and they will support you. And the best thing about that is that when a hater shows up, a troll shows up and everyone else is jumping in. And then of course, haters always have to defend what they're saying. Right? Like, no, like blah, 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 blah. they're always trying to defend it, which just, that's more and more posts, which just push, pushes my things even further. So, and listen guys, this is a tactic that works fantastically. Look, um, just what, two days ago, I think, Grant Cardone, if you don't know who he is. Yes, I heard about guy, this. Holy right? cow. Love Posted this a whole video about like, hey, I'm going bankrupt, right? And every, and all those tro- haters and trolls are like, oh, you got like, you know, you deserve this. You're a talent, right? Dude generated millions of views on a video um, that basically promoted, hey, come watch my thing tomorrow. And so, of course, everyone's going to go watch it tomorrow because they want to know what's like, what's the next story in the saga. And all it did was all these haters and trolls just help push his 
his thing out there even further. And that's the awesome part about it. Like understand that now within reason, right? Like I have 100% deleted posts that use racial slurs, posts that um, I'll say uh, call out people on my team. Like if they're like, Hey, so, you know, Amber was a terrible human being when I talked to her, like whatever, because <laughs> my team didn't sign up to be bashed by um, my, my, my audience. Right. And so if it's, if they're talking about people on my team specifically, then I'll delete those because they're, they're not in that game. Right. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm all like, heck yeah, let's bring it on. Right. Like, I, <laughs> like you guys can't, you guys can't see me cause you're listening, listening to this, but I got like, this big smile. Like, oh, dude, he's fired you. up, fired <laughs> right? up. No, um, I love awesome, this. They don't. Yeah, no, I love this so much. And so back to the Grant Cordon thing really quickly. Somebody um, posted something on social media and they made a video about this Grant Cordon thing. And then when he retracted that, because she was like, I don't know whether this is real or not. What are your thoughts? And then he retracted it and they were like, was this a good marketing strategy? And somebody commented on the video and said, you just made two videos about his post. So I think it's a pretty damn good marketing strategy to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I mean, it's, it's the perfect case study. Cause look, there's going to be a bunch of people that go, Oh, that's just insensitive. You know how many people that have lent you money um, that are now freaking out because you told me like literally just had heart palpitations because they, you know, they gave you their hundred thousand dollars and that's all they own. And now they think they're going to lose it all. Like, you know, all this stuff, right? Like uh, and on the reverse side, there's people going, look, you know, like search search Grant Cardone bankruptcy, and there's like 80 videos on YouTube about about it, right? Like how like how many times do you ever see someone 80 videos made about someone else's video? Like that just never happens. Um, yeah. So good mark genius marketing, yes. Good marketing, time exactly. Will tell. And and there's a difference between that too, right? So I think that that's super 100%. important as well, is because you can get this traction, but you need to decide whether or not that's worth the potential customers that you could lose or the customers that you could gain, which is why people hire a marketing strategist or a company like yourself to help you make those decisions as you're moving through everything and deciding what to post for your business. Um, I um, just lost my train of thought. So um, it's, it's, it's called, it's called the quarantine brain. It just right? thoughts really quick. all the time, all the time. So as far as your company is concerned, when you're dealing with clients, are you normally working with people who are new entrepreneurs? Or are you working with people that are big businesses? What, who is your potential client? Um, our potential client is someone who knows exactly what they want and they have the ability to go after it. They can be new. They can be uh, well experienced. Uh, the more important thing is, um, and, and I tell this to a lot of people, if you're trying to bootstrap your company, I'm probably not your guy. Um, not because I don't want to help you. I would love to, um, but we've only, uh, all of us have to stay in our lane, right? We, we've only got so much bandwidth to take on so many things. And so we focus on clients that I know I can get results for quickly. And that usually requires having a budget. So does that mean that you can't be a new client? No, you got a budget ready to roll. Let's talk. Um, I'd be happy to show you what we can do for you and how we can generate uh, leads, revenue, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Just, let's have a conversation. Um, but if you're, if you're brand new and, and you're, like I said, you're bootstrapping it, um, in most cases, even if you could, let's say, scrape together the money to work with someone like me, I'd rather you don't because more than likely, you're going to be better off um, as a bootstrapper, um, putting that money to things that you need. Um, and you don't necessarily need what we have. We're more of a luxury in the sense of, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get faster results. I'm going to get there quicker. That's where we come. 
So I really like that you said that because I feel like so many people hire a social marketing company because they don't want to learn it themselves. But learning it yourself is the only way that you know what you should be posting and what direction you should be taking your business. Like you're not a replacement. Companies like yourself are not a replacement for learning how to do social media. They're a replacement for the time that it takes to do social media. Um, And I learned that the hard way. Um, I think I'm still learning that. I hired a social media company for my law firm and I'm like, why isn't this working? And they're like, because you're not doing anything. So... It's like the way life works, right? (laughs) Um, um, So I want to switch gears just a little bit. Um, We talk so much on this podcast about defining your own idea of success and failure and all of these topics. And I think that you're in a really unique position to talk about this from the social media world, because whether a post is successful in the social media world is completely different than whether a business venture is successful in real life. Um, as far as success in the social media world, how do you judge that? Uh, see, I actually, I'm going to fully disagree with what you said. I love I think it. That's the, the inherent problem that people have with social media right now is that they've detached social media from their business. And then they've tried to quantify and define it as this other thing over here. And it really shouldn't be. Social media should be an extension of what you do. So if a, if a business is successful, then the social media should have been a part of that. If the business fails, then the social media was a part of that. It's not this thing that's like, hey, can I judge its success independently? I mean, sure, there's metrics and there's things like that that we can look at. But at the end of the day, people try to treat social media like, in my opinion, what I've seen from uh, my conversations is one of two ways. As you know, it's this miracle thing that if I just figure out the formula, I'm going to be a multi-million there um or this thing it's like oh my god i have to do social media i hate it (laughs) that seems to be where most folks fall yeah um and it's neither of those things it's smack dab in the middle right is it necessary 100 um and uh, a great story that illustrates this is i was teaching so i spent about three thousand hours on stage um with about ten thousand entrepreneurs and there was this one guy out of all that like a story like i love this and he's like he's like Facebook's stupid. I'm not going to be on Facebook. It's just for people, to, you know, to post pictures of their poop or something like that. I, I think he used a, a bit more colorful language, but you get the idea. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, you really need to be on there for your business. He's like, I don't need to be on there with that stuff. No one cares. I was like, I was like, actually you do. And here's why. I was like, what's the name of your company? And he like gave me the name. And I was like, what's your name? Uh, I was like, okay, great. So I go to Facebook and I've got about 8,000 people on my Facebook that follow me. And I'm like, okay, you know, Joe, Joe John from XYZ company is a total POS. He'll scam on you. He'll steal your money. His wife's terrible. His whole family is crooks. Don't trust him. And I hit post. And I said, what are you going to do about that now? He's like, well, why would you say that? I was like, doesn't matter why I would say it. What if someone did? You don't even know that's happening because you're not even on Facebook. And he's like, and I was like, so is Facebook important? He's like, okay. And I was like, and I, and I deleted it. Right. And that's like 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, right. But here's the thing. So it's, it's not that it, it's, it's, we have to be on there, um, but it's not some magical bullet that's going to solve all your problems. It literally needs to be an extension of you and your business. And if you treat it like that, as though it's just uh, like, think about like your arms, right? And you guys can't see me again, but I'm like throwing my arms up. You, you don't think about your arms as separate entities of your body. They're, they're literally a part of your being. You use them just like you would any other part of your being because they're a part of you. And if you treat social media like an arm, something that can be used to reach out, to grab, to to give, to take, to whatever, if you think about it that way, 
now all of a sudden success of social media is not about social media success. It's about, is it driving business success? Is it helping the venture move forward? And the, the best way I can tell you to judge that is to say, does it make the boat go faster? And if you don't know what I mean by that, Love that a great video, just Google so search, much. right? Go, if you don't know what that is, guys, I want you to go after this, uh, Google the, the doesn't make the boat go faster story. I'm not going to regale you all here because I'll do a terrible job of, of doing it. But it's a fantastic story about um, an Olympic team winning and what it takes to do that. And I want you to think about your social media in that context. Can, can it do that? And think about it. Is my social media an arm or is it, you know, a desk that I, I sit at on occasion, but I check out from the rest of the time. And if it's an arm, I guarantee you it will create more success in your business and those high in hand in hand. And then you don't have to define them separately. I really love it when I say something and somebody disagrees with me and then they come back with like an amazing answer that shows me why I was wrong. Um, so thank you for that. And it's crazy because I used to worry about when I did these interviews, like I'm at like 80 episodes now. I used to worry when I did these interviews, like what if I say something and they say I'm wrong because I don't know as much about their business. And then something amazing like this just happens and it shows that like failure is just a part of all of this and it's amazing. So thank you for that. Let's Let's switch to the personal side for I, you. I, I want to give you some massive credit real quick. Like <laughs> the fact that you just said, Hey, like I'm okay with being wrong. And not only am I okay with it, I like it. That's, <laughs> that's a trait of a, a successful entrepreneur uh, or someone who will be right. If you can admit your failures and say, heck yeah, I get to fail today <laughs> so I can do better tomorrow. I guarantee you, you will go way further in business. Oh my gosh. Failures. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. So for you personally, because this podcast was started out of this idea that too many people chase dreams they don't understand and they don't take the time to define their own idea of success. So for you personally, what does success mean to you? Uh, big yachts, hot cars. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> We're, we're talking about high me. school, Bob, right? When we say that. Yeah. I, actually, you know what high school Bob was like dungeons and dragons and like, you know, so no, <laughs> uh, no. Um, and I, I've never been motivated by the physical things, to be honest. Um, I'm motivated by experiences and, and other things, but uh, the thing that, the thing that I have, and, and this actually is, um, I hope that for all of you listening, you don't have to have it happen this way. But I found my why through my divorce. Um, I realized I was building my whole business to have more time with my wife and what I thought was going to be my kids. And then realized that in the process of doing so, I actually pushed her so far away that I lost any opportunity for that. And it was like, whoosh, slap in the face. Like, oh my God, wait, what? Um, but what it also helped me realize, and this is, this is the good thing for it, is that what I value more than anything else and why, what, what my idea of success is, is that I have complete uh, time and um, location freedom. Um, and that comes with a bit of financial freedom because obviously you can't be wherever you want without unless you have the money to do that. Um, so the time and location, what I mean by that is I want the ability to live wherever I want to live and spend my time. However, I want to spend my time. I don't want to fill out a form. I don't want to have to be bound to something unless I want to do it. I don't want to have to worry about, Hey, I want to live in LA, one of the most expensive cities in the United States. No big deal. I can afford to do that because guess what? My business has, is creating that for me right now. I'm in uh, Pensacola, Florida, actually with my business partner. She lives here. And I, my intent had been to spend the entire summer traveling. Um, uh, I had literally literally a 14 city, um, eight week trip planned. And that all got kiboshed because of coronavirus, but, um, you know, given on that, but that's, that's my idea of success, right? Um, cause if I have those two things, everything else will figure it out in my life. Um, because I know for me, that's what resonates. Now, 
whatever it is for you, cool. Be it, own it, do it 100% in, and you will find that you'll get there, you get yourself there. Um, and I guarantee you 100% know that in my pursuit of time, location, freedom, I have given up literally millions of dollars. Literally, I know millions. I have lost hundreds of thousands, if not more than that, because of that uh, as well. Like just wanting to be in LA, I think I've paid uh, the state of California like $200,000 in taxes just for the privilege of saying <laughs> I got that California ID, right? Which is ridiculous when you think about it. But um, the money doesn't matter to me as much as being able to be where I want to be, spend my time how I want to spend my time. If I want to get up at 8.30 today instead of 6.30 or I want to be in the noon, which I can't anymore. I, sometimes I wish I could, but I can't. Um, not because I can't like physically, like I just physically, my body's like, no, it's, it's 7.30. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Um, that's the drawback to being a motivated entrepreneur is at some point in time your brain and your body starts to crave that early morning stuff and you're like just let me sleep i just want to sleep yeah <laughs> so that that's it for me that that's that's the definition now does that say and by the way i want to quantify does that mean that i don't want nice things absolutely not does it mean i you know what i you know i was watching i, I never really watched tv um but my, my business partner does and she, she had a show on called uh below deck um which is like like a I don't know, yachting reality show. I don't know how else to describe it. But anyways, the, the point is relevant. The point of this is simply that at one point, they're like, they're on this like 140 foot yacht. It's absolutely gorgeous. And they're parking next to an even bigger yacht that has a helicopter on it. I'm like, dang, like <laughs> helicopter yacht? Why not? Like, I don't think I need that, but if I could afford it, heck yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, like, like I'm not going to say I wouldn't have that, but at the same time, it's not like, that's not like for me, if I had a vision board, a yacht with a helicopter is, is not on my vision board. Um, but what I say, so you're not going to turn it down, down it, right? Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to meet the now, the, person. One, the one thing I'll say that is on my vision board though, is um, a company called Phoenix. I don't even know if they're still in business or not, but they, uh, they develop plans for a $75 million uh, submersible yacht. So it's a full submarine crew of six. Like I'm like that I'm into <laughs> that I need, but not because it's a yacht, but because it's so different and nobody else is going to have it that I need it right? in my life. Right. Um, so the follow-up question to that is the idea between success and fulfillment. I feel like so many times they're interchanged, but also not thought of as their individual um, ideas. So for you, does success come first followed by fulfillment or the other way around, or are they unrelated? I would say that they are fully related, um, but also unrelated. And so I think I find that when I am fulfilled, I also feel successful. So that's a great thing. Um, and, and vice versa, having success fulfills me as well, but in a different way. So like, um, I love researching social media and seeing what's happening. Like literally I have a, a plugin that suppresses all my Facebook posts and just shows me ads because I want to see what's working. Why am I getting targeted? Like, like why, wait, why does this one have 8,000 comments? What are they like? Like to me, I love that stuff. Right. And ironically that fulfillment from that of understanding that allows me to generate success for my clients. Um, but then there's also the reverse side of when I see my clients have success and they go, Oh my God, Bob, thank you. There's fulfillment in knowing that I did them the right thing. Um, so I think it's both directions, uh, with that. And so in, in a way they're separate, but the same, but tied, but both directions, so a little bit of everything. Yeah, I know. It's such it's such a weird relationship. And just like everybody's definition of success, I'm finding that everybody has a different relationship between success and fulfillment. And I'm completely fascinated by that. So if anybody wants to reach out to you to talk to you about your company, to talk to you about social media marketing, or to follow up on anything in this conversation, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 
It's a great question. So the best way you can find me is just look up the Bob uh, com. go to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, pick one. Um, I'm probably honestly most active on Facebook or uh, Instagram uh, again, or the is a great site to find me. Um, and you can connect to me at any platform. I would love to chat with you guys. And what I would love to know is what actions did you take from this? How did it change your perception? Because one of the things that's important to me is understanding, hey, I'm happy to go out and share my knowledge. It's something that I, I take pride in being able to do. Um, but I can't do that if I don't know what's working, what's resonating for folks. So I would love to know what resonated from this from you guys. Just drop me a line and say, hey, I love this. Or if you hated it, great. Even better. I want to know what did you hate? Because now I can do more of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the situation, right? Depending, right? Yeah. Perfect. Well, this has been an amazing conversation and so valuable to those that are trying to figure out social media. Um, before we wrap up, I would love to get um, to give people an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more with a quick random round. You okay with that? 100%. Before, before you head in there, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Each and every one of you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to Amber's podcast. I know she appreciates it. So I'm uh, truly grateful for you taking the time with me today. Thank you for that. All right. Random round. What profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? Uh, what profession? Um, anything like extreme sports, mostly because it terrifies me. Like <laughs> anything extreme. I don't, Cause I'm not that person. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? I would go to the future as far as it takes to get into space travel because I, f- I love space and I, w- I want to own a spaceship. Like, like, if that's a realistic thing in my lifetime, then that's, that's my goal. Like, that's on my vision board, own a spaceship. So we've got a submarine and a spaceship, both ends of the spectrum. We need them both. 100%. Hey, I like it. What personality trait do you think has been most helpful? Personality trait, skill, quality, whatever you want to pick, has been most helpful to you in your life so far? Um, I would say... Um, I don't know if it's a personality trait, but like understanding. So what I've, what I've gotten very good at is translating technology for those who don't understand it. Um, and I think if you can cross two different worlds and be the bridge between them, that's a skill that will always serve you. I love it. Um, as far as books are concerned, are you an audiobook listener or do you like to have the physical book in your hands? I am both. When it comes to business books, I want to listen. Um, but I also read a lot of science fiction and science fantasy books, mostly science fantasy. And I want physical books. I like even like literally like, like the action, like not even Kindle version. Like I want <laughs> physical, like that smell of paper from the bookstore. Yes. Mm. yes I love it. Um, what book have you recommended the most to people? Um, I think a book that everyone should read, especially if you're an entrepreneur and just getting started is um, um, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. I think it's Love a fantastic it. books. Love it. Um, what song motivates you right now? Do you have like a pump up song? Anything by Kesha. Kesha. I love it. <laughs> what is the name of your book? Uh, so the name of my book is Get Out of Your Own Way. Um, and it's got, uh, it's got a whole long subtitle we don't even need to worry about, but it's called Get Out of Your Own Way. And it's all about helping entrepreneurs do exactly that, get out of their own way, because I struggle with that as a, a starting entrepreneur myself. And what, so I guess that was going to ask or that answered my next question. I was going to ask you what motivated you to take the time and effort and energy that goes into writing a book because it's not easy. Um, and so it was your, your journey with um, just trying to figure out what you needed to do to get out of your own way. Is that kind of the way that worked? 
Yeah, so I was your stereotypical technician prior to this. And, and if you haven't read another book, great book is uh, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you don't know, if you haven't read that, go read it for sure. But he talks about the technician, which are the doers of the business. And as entrepreneurs, we all start out as technicians because we, we are the ones doing everything. Um, and what I found, though, is that coming from the world of employment, I was the ultimate technician, right? I was like doing all these little things. And there was a, there was a point at which I had spent almost four months working on my website to send it to a mentor who goes, is it done yet? Cause it looks like crap. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's just like, <laughs> right. And it was like that moment. I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, like this hasn't generated me a dime of business. It hasn't moved the business forward. It's still not done. Really. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, well, and I, I'm not really a good web developer. I should just be hiring people to do that for me. Um, I know what good looks like, but I don't know how to build it. Like, you know, and it just, it was this, this smack in my face. And I started realizing, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to stop doing this. And so then it led me on this massive journey of personal development. And then I started noticing a trend um, after, again, 10,000 entrepreneurs that I've spoken in front of over the last six, seven years. Um, it was the same thing over and over. They're always letting themselves get in their own way. And I was like, this, this is not a coincidence. A lot of us, the reason that we're great entrepreneurs, the reason that we, we become entrepreneurs is because we're not happy with the status quo. We know we can, we can do something better. But that's also what makes us terrible entrepreneurs is because we sometimes we don't know when to let that go. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this idea of getting out of your own way and feel like we could have a whole conversation about this alone because that is, I am the queen of standing in my own way. And sometimes <laughs> you need, not sometimes, I'm going to take that back, all of the time you need somebody else in your life, whether it's a friend, a coach, a mentor, whatever that is, to like make you realize how ridiculous you're being. Yeah, it's outside perspective is sometimes the most invaluable resource as an entrepreneur. I love it. So as far as your book is concerned, where is the best place for people to find that? Uh, they can go to dbobmacintosh.com uh, or you can head to Amazon and pick it up there on Kindle or hardcover. Yes, we will, we will take care of that. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. And if I can help with anything else, please just reach out and let me know. Will do. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.